all the relationships I think are really awkward because even if they're not romantic relationships, even like even paternal relationships, like we were saying with Reginald and then Grace, they're all kind of like weird. Like, yeah. I mean, Allison, you're a terrible mother. Also, don't date your brother. <laughs> you know, like. Welcome to the Monarch Experience. Thank you for taking the time to listen to episode nine. I am so excited for what we have in store for you today. At the Monarch Experience, we're all about giving students the platform to voice what is important to them. And nine episodes in or eight episodes in, we have definitely done that. Uh, we are making huge strides. We are being downloaded in 21 states, four different countries. Unfortunately, only one planet. But we're gonna get there. Come on, Mars, we're counting on you. I am your host, Lee Mancona. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us today. Uh, we have such a fantastic topic, and it's a little bit different than what we've kind of been doing for the previous eight episodes. We really kind of been staying within the realm of school and school-related things that are important to teens, and really with this one, we're actually going someplace entirely different. We're going to the Umbrella Academy. No, we're not being given up by our parents who have randomly given birth to us on one fateful day to join an academy run by some bald old dude, but we're going to be doing a review of the Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. And caution, there is going to be spoilers. Um, spoilers actually throughout this entire episode right now. This is a spoiler right here. Um, so just you've been forewarned. We're not going to give you any more warnings ahead of time. So if you're someone who skips the intro... You didn't hear any of this then, actually. Um, our major shout-out for this week goes to Miss Jager. Um, she had one of her students at the beginning of May, Anthony Shusteff, ended up playing piano and took second place in a competition that was done at Carnegie Hall. How amazing is that? Carnegie Hall, I cannot even process that. Uh, Anthony, major props go your way. Congratulations, fantastic stuff. And we wanna hear about this. Let us know, contact us. Uh, let us know on Twitter, at The Monarch Experience. Add us on Snapchat. Let us know at The Monarch Experience Podcast. Let us know all about Carnegie Hall. Maybe we get you on the podcast. We could do an episode on the power of music. Sounds like a really good idea for a topic coming in the future. If you like that, let me know. We'll set it up. And what a fitting transition when we're talking about piano performances in a grand hall. No, there is no white violin present with us today. But today, we have returning guest, Victoria Dillon, our student council president. I'm back. We have returning guest, Harry Fritz. I'm here too. <laughs> and we have first time Monarch Experience Experiencer, Eleni. Hi. How you guys all doing? I'm doing I'm pretty, pretty good. I'm pretty good, yeah. Wonderful. I wouldn't want you to say anything other than that. Um, so let's jump right into this before we start chatting about the mod, the monarch experience. Let's do a review oh, on favorite. all the previous monarch experience. That should episodes. be the hundredth episode. Oh, I like it. The hundred. I cannot even imagine a hundred episodes. How old will I be? Uh, be Ten episodes per season. Yeah, but you started like in March. That's true. We can hit a hundred episodes by June. We'll do five a day. Sounds terrifying. Sounds terrifying. Yeah, we'll <laughs> never does. get we'll never get that done. Big questions. We're all about alienating half of our audience here at the Monarch Experience. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I, so if we have not already done so, we're going to divide this group even more. Is cereal a soup or not? 
Absolutely not. That's disgusting. Soup is disgusting or cereal is disgusting? No. Cereal being connected to soup. Just the idea of it. Well, we're disgusting. not connecting them. We're not trying to take like your well, minestrone soup and your Cereal being compared to soup is disgusting. What's What makes it not? I mean, I agree with you. I don't think that cereal is a soup. Um, I think there are defining characteristics of a soup that need to happen, and that is not one of them. Why do you feel like that's disgusting? Well, for one, cereal is eaten cold and soup is eaten hot. Also, not they're like, not always. Well, they're best eating cold and hot. Okay. And uh, cereal, it's mostly associated with more sweet flavors like breakfast time Ooh. and soup. I just the idea for me personally, at least, if I wake up in the morning and I'm hungry, I don't want to eat chicken soup. <laughs> it kind of. It's it's weird, so that's my opinion on it. Yeah, uh, Victoria, where are you on this cereal soup um, or no? I don't think so. I I really don't think so. Mostly because like it's not cooked like cereal. I like I guess you could say that it's like baked because like you have to bake it in the factory or whatever. I don't know how to make cereal, but like I thought cereal was just found. <laughs> it was like a natural. It's like the commercial. Like we that... struck cereal. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, you feel like cereal, is it a soup? Uh, no, but it's controversial because it could either be a beverage once it's poured in. What? But no, 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 the milk itself, you're saying. Yeah. You're not like, drinking the, the, <laughs> the food. You're gonna choke. Haven't you heard of a blender? <laughs> what? <laughs> the cereal. You don't blend your <laughs> no. no. But what I'm saying is when you put milk into a bowl of cereal, it's either... A sauce, a broth, or a beverage. No, no. It's oh, one of the three. No, no that, it's, that, it's really not. That's not how really any of is. this works. Uh, Harry, I see where first the of all, a sauce... No, a sauce doesn't make any sense either. <laughs> like, it doesn't sauce, make sense, but like... But a sauce and makes... a soup both need to be cooked in order for it to be... It doesn't have to be hot, but you're cooking the flavors together. You're marrying them in a pot. So what defines a soup for you? When you take ingredients and you put them in one type of heating mechanism and you cook the flavors together. And you can serve it then chill, but I think you have to cook or marry the flavors together. All right. And I don't think you're doing that with cereal because you're simply just placing the cereal in the milk and just letting it have... It's a bath. I think cereal is more of a bath <laughs> than it is anything else. What kind of bath would you like? Bubble bath? Cereal bath? That's the choices you have. That's what I had growing That's up. That's probably a thing somewhere. Definitely is a thing somewhere. For some sort of, like, cult. <laughs> yes, a cult. Well, let's move right along in this. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of speaking cults, of cult. we could not have transitioned any better. Um, so, Victoria, you actually were the one that kind of gave me the, the heads up about this show, The Umbrella Academy. Yes. And you were the one that pushed me to watch it. Yes. And so I guess this is me on air saying... Those are hours of my life I'll never get back. No, thank you, because it really was a really cool show. One that I didn't think I would necessarily like. I was actually told by my wife that I would not like it. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Um, and what's cool that you kind of told me was that the creator is someone that a lot of people probably know. Yes. Uh, his name is Gerard Way, and he is the singer from the band My Chemical Romance. No. Really awesome. Yes. They're not a band anymore, but uh, that's also why he has time to do this. Free time. Um, and also, he and the the old guitarist from the band, his name was, his, his name is, he's not dead, but his <laughs> name... <laughs> not yet. <laughs> oh, 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 no. I got that. Um, so, 
he also made a couple songs uh, for the show with okay. the uh, old guitarist Ray Toro. That's awesome. Um, and so they made their original song, Hazy Shade of Winter, which plays at the end during the credits of episode 10. And they made a cover of, I forget who sings the original, but uh, the I Can't See Me Loving, See, See Myself Loving Nobody But You. I forget the, oh, no, Nobody But You, that's a song title. Okay. And I forget which episode that plays in, but it plays right after the uh, handler comes in for the first time. Okay. That episode. Awesome, awesome. Five. And did, five, yeah. and did he create the comic too? Because the show is based off the comic. Yes, him and Gabriel Ba created the uh, comic together. And I don't know. I don't know exactly when it started because I really only came aware of it when the show was. When being the show asked. happened, yeah. and then when I found out it was by him, I was like, "This is my new favorite show," I, <laughs> and I haven't seen it yet, but it's my new favorite. Well, and it's got this great blend of all the things I think that that this group of people at least really enjoy that are here right now. Um, really great music and a good show. Yeah, um, <laughs> wow, what a soup! <laughs> it's a soup a of soup. really great things. But I think also what it does too, really greatly timed, as Netflix basically killed off. Every comic show that they had going on, um, where they canceled, I, I think, know. the Daredevil. They canceled Daredevil. And they canceled sad. Punisher. Um, and then I think Jessica Jones is on its last season. I don't want, I don't, want, don't remind me. I know. And so a lot of people were left really hungry for superhero content, especially with Endgame at the time of Umbrella Academy coming out. Endgame really coming soon to the forefront. Um, I think that it was a perfect timing because it basically gave everyone what they wanted as far as a really fun, lighthearted, not too serious comic book movie that could kind of at least make them forget about all these shows that Netflix has decided that we don't like. Netflix, we do like them. Why do you hate us I so much? I love Jessica Jones. She's so cool. I, I enjoyed The Punisher. I haven't seen either. Well... You should. Well, you should. Watch them. Um, so, so let's jump right <laughs> into this. I think one of the things that immediately stuck out to me, especially with the first episode title being We Only See Each Other During Weddings and Funerals, I thought which was so perfectly fitting and funny, just this overall arching theme of what defines a family or defines a close group of friends. So let's just start there. What does define family or close group of friends or close group of friends that call one another family? Um, I have to say that it's like... Anyone that you consider yourself close enough that you help them through, like, a bad time in their life. Um, I forget exactly the quote, but there's, like, this quote, and it's, like, a friend in need is a friend indeed, or something like that. Or, okay. Like, yeah, I think that's it. it. It's something like that. No, it's one of, it's the one you have on your door, and it's, a like... A friend is one who walks in when others walk out. That one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Eleni just had a look of disgust. <laughs> Because like, uh, it's cheesy. It is cheesy, yeah. But there's a lot of truth to it, I think. And when they all are in need of friends or family or someone, that's what brings them all back together. So I don't think you see anybody really walking out on them, um, despite, obviously, their checkered past. And we'll, we'll get into all of this as we really kind of get ourselves situated. But I think, yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. I always looked at a group of friends or family as just people who weathered a similar storm of some kind of devastation. So they've all been through some kind of hardship together that brings them together, much like what you were saying. Um, and obviously for them, the death of their father, uh, Reginald Hargreaves, brings them back together despite them all going really separate ways. Yes, yeah. it's a very pompous name. One ended on the moon. Well, yeah, all yeah. the way to the moon. <laughs> I wonder if he was listening to the podcast out on the moon. Whoa. 
Luther, listen to the podcast. Hey, Luther, fictional character that's not real. We're talking to you. (laughs) It's going to be actor to listen to it on the movie. No, no, no. I want Luther to listen to it with his tiny little head and like gigantic just upper body where immediately I was like, Okay, so this guy skipped leg day, like, a lot. What's his deal? Um, I and I didn't. I actually thought he looked so ridiculous with his tiny head and big arms and normal-sized hands that I wasn't su- I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be a joke or, like, a ha-ha, like, this is not supposed to look great, or if they just really were bad at whatever effects they were trying to use. I, I actually didn't notice. Like, it took me until, like, I think the third episode really? to actually notice. Oh, no. No, it was when my friend pointed out when we were watching it. It was during, like, the second episode, I think. And then she pointed out, and she was like, his head is so small. And then I was and even started watching hands. it. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. what bothered me, too, was later on, as the season went on, I noticed, like, obviously I noticed his legs were tiny. His head was tiny. And I was like, okay, I don't know if, like, this is supposed to be a part of it or not. And it clearly looked like he's wearing, like, pillows in his jacket. Yeah. But when they showed his hands, that kind of really ruined him for me. So it's like his hands are like the normal size hands. Because when they show him, we're skipping ahead here, but when they show him dancing with Allison and he looks normal, he looked exactly the same. It's just as if like someone popped his arm muscles and they deflated. Let's just kind of go around the horn and let's chat about which characters we either connected with the most, just liked the most, or, or found the most interest in. Eleni, who's your favorite character? Uh, I really liked Allison. Because I feel like she, uh, her relationship with Vanya, she recognized that it was it wasn't the best sister relationship, and so I I think it's cool how she like recognized her mistakes and admitted it and tried to work in that towards the end of the show to fix it, but it didn't really work out in the end. But that's later. I actually had like no. I felt nothing toward Allison. I didn't either. Like, I like the actress. Like, Emmy Raver is really cool. Okay, what else like, is she in? I don't know, but I, I mean, like, I follow her on Instagram, and she was, like, the first okay. person I found. She was kind of how I found the show. I just kind of found her Instagram, and I was oh, like, really? whoa! And then, like, that led to everything else that okay. happened. Um, yeah, Allison but, does nothing. F- I just Like, her I, character, I don't really. I don't hate her. I don't like her. I, well, I, I You I, know what I do like about her? That she is an clearly... <laughs> A big fan of the Monarch Experience and Episode yeah. 8, where we talked about gossip, rumors, and oh. drama. Uh, um. I thought the fact that she always kept talking about, like, I heard a rumor, Episode 8. I heard a rumor, Episode 8. It was given Sika, Janelle, and Marco a lot of props. I really appreciated that. I thought that was really yeah, cool. You know, despite the fact that she was born in uh, 1989, and she's had her power since she was, like, five years old. But, you know, that's okay. But there's no time. There's no rules with time when it comes to this podcast and the Umbrella Academy. Timeless, well said. Victoria, who's your favorite character? I really like Five. Okay. He's, he's awesome. Why? Um, is, well, it the char- is it the, the character, or are you like, in love with the actor? I'm not the one in love with the actor. Oh, that was Eleni. <laughs> that yeah. was me. Yeah. Where, where else has he been? Uh, Nicky, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from Nickelodeon. That show. Uh, so is he a kid's he's... actor? I mean, obviously he's a kid, um, but I mean, like, yeah. does he do, he's like, like, kid 15, shows? Though, but he but... also, he's also, um, he, like, sings okay. and stuff. And uh, he's actually an environmentalist, and his Instagram is, like, full of just, he's kind of like a mini Leonardo DiCaprio, where, like, he uses his social media platform to, like, help with, um, 
like modern problems, like with the environment and stuff like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So if he's a mini Leonardo DiCaprio, just Aiden Gallagher, be wary of boats and uh, tops, spinning tops. <laughs> nice. Uh, wait, so is was this role a big departure for him then? Yeah, I think this was his first role that like wasn't like just splattered with color in the background. Yeah, Nickelodeon. Okay. Um, so Victoria, you like the character five? What about him stands out to you? Um, I think the fact that he's like, I, okay. I'm gonna explain myself when I say this. I relate to him in a way. Because you're a disgruntled uh, 50-year-old man stuck in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who I am. It's my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, like, the fact that, like, he's young. He's, I think he's, like, I think you said he's 13 in the show. Um, But he's just so, he's an old soul. Because he is old. <laughs> like That's not what the saying old soul means. Like you don't say that to grandma. No. He comes across get, older than he should. Yes. Okay. The fact that he's so cynical and sarcastic and um I do like to think of it as a little bit of an allegory for like kids who do come across older than they actually are. For kids who are like old souls and who have been through a lot. Sure, yeah. And so they were forced, kind of forced to grow up a little bit faster than they were supposed to. And I think like, if you kind of follow his timeline, forgive the pun, you can kind of see how he's had to grow up faster yeah. and slower and backwards uh, and more than he wanted to. And sideways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of souls, Klaus. <sighs> lot to talk about. I feel like Klaus is my favorite character along with many other people because it's just like... It's so reckless. Yeah. He's what awesome. they did, but it's like I I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's like you kind of relate to him more because everyone's like clumsy in their own way. Yeah. Like maybe not like in motion or like handling stuff, but maybe it's like just you can tell that he's incredibly uncomfortable with himself. Obviously, you know, the, the drug use and, like, the abuse aside, like, you can tell that he's very uncomfortable with himself just by his mannerisms, I think. And just, like, the things he says, the things he does, I think he's so always joking and it almost comes across as if he's trying to joke to get the attention away from any inadequacy he may have. And I think he's such a lovable, clumsy character and lovable, like, mess-up that that's what makes him endear. You know, nobody likes the mess up that is like hard to deal with and is like- Just annoying. It's just annoying, but he's, he really just has a great heart and he seems like a good person and he's hard to, he's hard to hate. Yeah. Klaus is, is one of my favorites. He, he easily is my favorite. Um, the thing, I think the thing that sold me on Klaus being my favorite character is the scene where uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha go to the house <laughs> And they keep of like everyone keeps like missing him oh. as he's dancing with his headphones on. Yeah. Yes. That was like my favorite scene of the whole series. That's that was awesome. Um, and then I guess you know, Klaus is probably my favorite if I had to pick, but I kind of have a soft spot for Diego. Not just because he throws knives, and that's that's just really that's cool. Awesome. Like I wish I could throw knives. It's actually not just that he's able to curve anything he throws. I wish I could do that also. Curveball. I yeah. <laughs> right. That uh, that'd be amazing. Just throwing wicked curveballs. Would that be cheating? Um, you're a mutant, so no. there's no no, right? Because it would be your natural ability. Yeah. Even though if your natural ability is not natural, 
That's a show that someone needs to write. It's about mutants performing in sports. And the ethical the aftermath of X-Men. So I really like Diego too, because I thought there was a lot of stuff. I thought his character also had some of the most depth to it as well, where you see him really tormented about the idea of shutting down uh, Robot Mom. Is that her name? It's can we Grace. Just, Grace. Can we just call her I Robot for, I Mom? I forgot she had a name. Grace? Yeah. Um, like him being really tortured about the idea that like even if she is a robot, she still is the maternal figure in his life, and he still obviously has those strong connections and feelings toward her that to shut her down and end her life uh, would be really hard for him to do. Loved all that stuff. And plus, you know, they all are flawed in their own way, and I loved his flaw too with Patch. Um, trying to kind of make things work out with her, never really letting it go and kind of seeing the end of it and then feeling obviously the immense regret when she ends up being killed by Hazel. Right, mm-hmm. Hazel? No, Cha-Cha. Uh, no, Cha-Cha. Cha-Cha, Cha-Cha yeah. yeah, Cha-Cha kills her. Um, so, any characters you despise? <laughs> yes. Luther. <laughs> it, that's unanimous. It's, it's yes, Luther. Yeah. It's, it's unanimous throughout the entire fandom. Tiny head and tiny hands. Exactly. That's why. Can't stand it. Yeah. Tiny brain. Uh, Tiny brain. (laughs) A bird brain. (laughs) What do you guys hate Luther so much? It's because he's always trying to defend someone that's been, like, really horrible to the other six, actually, including Garnia. Okay. Like, he keeps trying to defend Reginald, keeps trying to defend all his decisions and choices. See, I thought that was sad because he was trying to defend... Reginald and didn't know that Reginald basically like didn't read any of his stuff or look at any of his missions. So he just kind of comes across as misinformed. I mean, well, one thing I really hate about him, I think the thing that just made me hate him from the like pretty much the get go was that he was very like, I'm number one for a reason. Yeah, I'm the leader. Anything I say goes because I'm in charge. It's almost like when you're the younger sibling. And then your parents leave and you're like, your older sibling is in charge. And then they're just, they're just like, I'm in charge. Go sit in your room. I'm going to sit down here and play video games. You can't say anything. Yeah, and, like, I totally see that. He's, he is a little stuck up, I guess, with the way yeah. that he took the leadership. I guess as a Ninja Turtle fan, he kind of reminds me of the Leonardo of the group, which always annoyed me because I'm like, Leonardo, you're not the leader. It's Splinter that's the leader. And Luther's doing the same thing. And they both start with L. <gasps> Whoa. Wait, they are the same person. Reginald Film theory, dead. get on this. Film theory. Pat. Pat, Pat, where are you? Uh, Lenny, you're a Luther hater as well? Yeah, I feel like he's just very... Like, as you said before, everyone has their own problems. And I think that Luther's just very oblivious to everyone else's problems. Mm-hmm. And, like, just focuses on yeah. his own problems. Because throughout the show, he brings up, like... I was up on the moon for four years. And then at, at some point, it's like, no one cares. Like, we get it. <laughs> well, okay? like, literally, no one cares. Like, even your dad doesn't care. Yeah. Because he didn't Jenny. look at anything. Ooh, Ooh sorry, Luther. Too deep. <laughs> oh, he's definitely not going to listen now. <laughs> um, sorry, buddy. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. Um, Hazel and Chacha, how do we feel about them? I um, actually enjoy the characters. I love them. I think they were pretty yeah. cool. I, I really th- like the character arc. Yeah, like, for I Hazel? For both of them. Okay, yeah. for both of them? Because, like, Cha-Cha was very, like, I have a job to do and I'm going to stick to it. She's very, very chaotic good. Like, <laughs> chaotic good. I'm going to do my job by any means necessary. And then I feel like Hazel is very lawfully evil. Like, okay. He's like, I don't always want to do my job, but I feel like I mix these two up. 
No, I feel like it's almost like you've got like the millennial, and this is not in a negative way, but the millennial attitude of like, I'm going to do this, but I also want to try to strive to do better and try to do something else. And I don't want to just be stuck in it. And Chasha's like the, the baby boomer mentality of like, I'm going to work and I'm going to do this job and I'm going to follow my orders for as long as I'm doing this job. And it's all about carrying out the task. And also just like, this is like a side note, but Hazel did kind of creep me out a little bit. Um, he just is. Because, like, he is creepy. Like, just the He's way that he always... He's played other creepy roles. Really? Yeah. He was in Mind Hunter, I believe. Um, and he plays a serial killer. Oh, that uh, explains fun. a lot. <laughs> and his affect is the same as he was in, as Hazel, but it's just much more deliberate and slowed down, which makes him unbelievably uncomfortable. I don't know why, but just the one scene that's really sticking out in my mind right now is, and it's when they first go to like the donut shop and then, and he's like analyzing the donut saying like, hmm, I wonder which one I should get. And then he's like giving his explanation for like the pros and cons of everything. Oh, yeah. like, to Agnes? Yeah, yeah. Like I think that scene just annoys me and in that, general. That's, that's why the thing that created their relationship basically yeah, was like, oh, I love that you're overanalyzing your donut choice. <laughs> Like, just the, his voice in that kind of creeped me out. And then also, I think that scene just annoys me in general because it's it, kind of pointless. It doesn't need to be there. Okay. And, like, it just doesn't make sense. And people who overanalyze stuff that doesn't need to be analyzed kind of annoys me. Okay. Harry? Um, I actually believe that that scene should be in it because that actually kind of sparks the whole relationship between Hazel and Agnes. She, uh, I, I also think, you know, Harry, it, it actually kind of creates... His, or at least fleshes out his character that he's someone who just wants to know the why. Like he's always trying to figure out decisions, like what goes into the decision. Um, because that big decision that you see throughout the entire series with him deciding if he wants to do this anymore or not, or if he wants to be free like a bird, like he says with Agnes, which by the way, when he finally does make that decision, did you guys all catch what the camera pans to? Birds. The yeah. Bird. Birds on the wallpaper yeah. where they're talking. I mean, they've been setting that up for since the very beginning when they have that conversation out by the dumpster. Love the symbolism in there and then the foreshadowing that happened prior to it. So I, I agree. I think that scene actually belonged there because otherwise you don't know that he is this person trying to figure out a purpose. Even if that purpose is just, just get the double chocolate donut, dude. <laughs> And just move on with your life. But what about the raspberry jelly? Raspberry jelly is good. It's got to be fresh, though. I think anytime you're introducing fruit into any kind of pastry or any type of cake, fruit's got to be fresh. Secrets yeah. in the jelly. Secret. <laughs> Isn't the proofs in the... Uh, no, he says the secrets in the jelly, right? Uh, yeah. I the, oh, yeah. 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 And then they give each other the eyes. And then love. <laughs> it's, it's, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, like, I get what you're saying, but... I don't know if it's just me, but I find a lot of the relationships in this show kind of creepy. They're all creepy. They're all yeah. really creepy. Um, yeah. Start with Reginald's wife is a robot. Well, no, 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 no that's no. different because like no, it's he's, not. No, no, it's because different. he's not like in love with her. Okay, he he's built using her, her as, as a caregiver okay. for the children. Yeah, but that's, I guess it's like yeah, he's their dad, and but he's not their dad. Okay. Like, he adopted them, but he's not their caregiver. He's not their father. He's just the provider. You are not the yeah. father. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Maury. Um, okay. Well, you know what? Let, let's go down this path. All the relationships are, are really awkward. He's at most probably 38. Yeah. 
Like, he's... Agnes is, what, 400? <laughs> he's, like, 80 or 90 or something. Like, she's not 80 or 90. Okay, she's, like, 80-something. She's not in her 80s. It's she's, their choice. She is a very, uh... She's an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> she's just not... I'd, yeah. She, I'd honestly say, like, 50s, 60s. I think she's probably in her really? 60s. Yeah. Like, late 50s. It's just she's not trying to look good. Like, she's not taking care of herself. She works at a donut She works shop. at a... Yeah. Well said. Well said. So, I mean, all the relationships, I think, are really awkward. Because even if they're not romantic relationships, even, like, even paternal relationships, like we were saying, with Reginald and then Grace, they're all kind of, like, weird. Like, yeah. I mean, Allison, you're a terrible mother. Also, don't date your brother. <laughs> you know, like... A5 and Dolores, what? <laughs> because it's the whole castaway thing. You've been by yourself for... Well, I don't great know reference. how long it's been, like... 40 years because yeah. he's I in his yeah, 50s. If you find, like, volleyball or, like, a mannequin, a constant. you kind of start, like, you know, making like, someone no. else Personifying, no, I, I Personifying it. Well, have you been cast away? Has no. the apocalypse? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Nothing but a mannequin? Harry, you're looking at me like, where do you find a volleyball? <laughs> you don't boil your you cereal. You fall in love and you boil your cereal and drink it as a beverage. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we're. That's I, what we're. I was heard. I was hearing the beginning of the name Elizabeth, and I was like, "Where?" Is this <laughs> so okay. So yeah, you know, Dolores. Wow, we got you're dating your your brother, and you're in love with a mannequin. Actually, what I find parts of a mannequin is not even the full mannequin. <laughs> it's just, like, it's just the, the shoulders and up. Have you noticed that the way when he's in the apocalypse, Dolores only has one arm, the torso, and the head. That's the exact same way after Hazel and Cha-Cha shoot her. Shoot the mannequin during the mall scene. It's almost if it happened. So, yeah, I think there's a big part of this that, you know, that those constants or things get affected in the future, even if you're going back and trying to erase it. Which is the classic, you know, kind of motif that you see a lot is that when you change one thing in the past, right, the entire future could crumble. Um, and I think that's one of the coolest things that, you know, we saw throughout this entire show. Um, and I have one more. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Vanya and... Their relationship is pretty weird, too. Yeah, well, it started off as like, oh, yeah, like, you know, a teacher. Then suddenly, when Vanya walks into his wood shop, there is a carving of her. And then the camera pans to, you know, all the Umbrella Academy with their eyes... Gouged out. out, yeah. Well, that's later. Yeah, but, but like, yeah, I, I don't think that you're meant to think that he is a good or trustworthy person from from the get go. And also, I think that's why Allison's pretty important because she's the one who's looking into that, yeah. which eventually leads to the big reveal. Right, right, yeah. and we'll get to that obviously as we we progress with this, and then to continue down the terrible relationships. Uh, I mean, one of them makes sense, and then that doesn't even happen. Which one? Diego and Patch, and oh. then she just dies. Yeah. Like, so the, what about yeah. David Klaus? But then... yeah, that makes sense too. But then he dies. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. what? The what most healthy, the healthiest relationships are the most normal relationships are <laughs> with dead people. Die. Yeah, they die. You no, know I also find funny is that scene where Klaus is in the veterans' place. Oh yeah. When oh. he's looking at the picture and says hi, Dave, he doesn't show them that he was in that picture. Well. The thing is, because that has to be, I think they said it was World War II. I thought it was Vietnam. Or Vietnam. It, oh, you're right. It, yeah, was, it was Vietnam. Vietnam. But that means that, I think the, I think the show said that they're like 30 years old. 
the people wouldn't believe him because he's 30 years old. A 30-year-old wouldn't have fought in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. And then, like, they, like, time travel doesn't exist to these people. So, like... So he's that, just gonna sound like a... He's, he's gonna sound better, like a crazy... He's better off fighting them the way it goes down <laughs> yeah. than trying to explain his logic But that to did them. make me really sad. Yeah. 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 I think they did a great job with, with you seeing the inner turmoil or inner relationships that Klaus constantly has to, like, struggle with. But so with... And then just on the other end of the whole relationship saga, the abuse with, like, just... Reginald, you know, telling, uh, using Allison to tell Vanya that she doesn't have anything special about her. And just the abuse that Vanya suffers at the hands of that when she sits down at her musical lessons, I think in the first episode, and uh, the conductor's like, she apologizes for being late, and he says something along the lines of, I didn't even notice. And then the girl in the bathroom with her telling her, like, why do you even bother practicing? Like, you're not going to be any good. So there's just so much dysfunctional relationship or so many dysfunctional relationships with every character in the show in so many different ways i completely agree with that and i think there's also a couple different um like examples of that throughout the show and one of them is um harold leonard whatever his whatever his name is um his father was a drunk and then he abused him when he was younger and then that led to him kind of like idolizing and putting like the academy on like a pedestal yeah and then I think that connects to the scene um, towards the end of the show. It's in the last couple episodes where he, like, kind of follows them. And then, like, Reginald sees him and he's like, what are you doing? Who are you? Get out of here. Um, and I think that also leads to... Obviously, like, this is all connected. Like, this isn't anything new. That, But, like, then that leads to him finding Vanya and then saying, this is my way into the Academy. Yeah, it's like, it seems like the over, one of the overarching themes is just, like, this need for acceptance within relationships, whether they're romantic or platonical or familial. Like, there's so much of that. I think that makes the show have such an awesome layer because it does go beyond just being superheroes. Because I think if it's just superheroes, listen, we've seen so many superhero shows so many times. Um, and there's some really cool literary kind of things too um just i don't know if you guys took notice of the theater where it all goes down was the icarus theater i knew there was going to be something there but i couldn't tell and i'm really mad at myself because i love greek mythology and yeah i can't so believe i couldn't figure that out those the so those of you listening who are kind of not putting together the uh the dots i guess um victoria you want to break down the the myth of icarus uh sure so how that final scene plays so well into it mm-hmm. Um, I forget his dad's name, but Icarus and his father were trapped, um, I think it was, oh, it was Hephaestus, the Greek god, um, I'm almost positive, and so they were trapped on this island, and so Hephaestus made the two of them these wings out of, um, wax and feathers, and so they attached them to their back as they were flying to escape, and, um, one thing he told them was, don't go too close to the sun, because then it'll melt the wax, and so then Icarus, being a teenager, flew towards the sun. Teenager. <laughs> and then um, his wings ended up melting, and then he ended up falling and dying. And obviously you're seeing the the same with Vanya, where just completely taking everyone down with her. Which yeah. I thought really has another allusion to 
and it, it maybe felt too similar for me to really enjoy it as much because I just kind of felt like, okay, I know where this is going. I see this. We saw this in X-Men with the whole idea of the Dark Phoenix saga where someone who is a part of the superhero group basically is the one that causes the demise of everyone. Um, so I thought maybe that part was a little too similar to X-Men where it kind of left me wanting more. Um, and then the idea that just Vanya... How do you feel about Vanya? Do you feel bad for her? Um, I actually I like her. I definitely character. like. I feel bad for her, and I like her character. Other than the viewer feeling empathy for her and like for her situation, she doesn't really bring anything else to the table. Yeah, I, I definitely feel for her because she's just told she's nothing, and then you know I thought very fitting. There's a lot of full circle kind of nature. There's a lot of cyclical nature to the way the show was written, which I appreciated, um, even if there was that big lull in the middle, which was rough. Um, but I thought just the idea of it coming back to you know when she gets into the fight with Allison and accidentally slits her throat, taking away Allison's power and her power of spreading rumors was the thing that made Vanya believe that she was nothing. I thought just really there was great examples of really great writing that came all the way full circle. Um, plus the illusions, obviously, with Dark Phoenix, the, the symbolism with Icarus, really, really fantastic too. Um, but one of the most powerful illusions I thought that really stood out was, it's going to be hard to talk about it without breaking into tears, but Pogo's death. Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I mean, you knew it was coming. Like, you saw it from the moment yeah. they had that conversation. Oh, I thought you meant from, like, the beginning. No, like, not from no. the beginning. Like, the moment they started having that conversation, I was like, she's going to kill Grandpa Monkey. <laughs> How did you monkey. kill Grandpa Monkey? Um, but the way that they killed him, I thought was a fantastic illusion because he ends up getting crucified. Very slight. Like, you don't pick up on it at first, but he's crucified and obviously an allusion to Christ and the whole idea of being crucified for other people's sins it wasn't even Pogo's fault because he was just basically keeping um, Reginald. Reginald's secret. So not even his fault. But I thought really, really well done. So there was parts, imagery-wise, allusions. I thought some of like the, re the writing was really fantastic with it. Um, but yeah, I think killing mom, robot mom. Bring her back to life. Yeah, but you killed her still, though. Yeah. And you killed Pogo. You can't kill Pogo. You can't kill Pogo. He's the was... monkey butler. I mean, or do you know what? Do you need to kill Pogo in order to make people hate Vanya? But I don't think you're but, supposed to hate Vanya. Yeah. If anything, she kills Grandpa Monkey? If anything, you're actually supposed to... Feel for her. Yeah. For killing Grandpa? No, for being put down her entire life. Maybe if they didn't tell her... That she didn't have any power, convince her she didn't have any power. That she wouldn't have to go to those lengths. Yeah, isn't okay. that what they were trying to do when yeah. they went back in time in the end? Spoilers. Yeah, well, when we'll, you know what? Let's get right to the ending with that because did you like the ending? Um, it lacked. It lacked. Yeah. Because I, you know, you've got 15 minutes left. I, for at least me, I, I paused it and there's 15 minutes left. And I was like, all right, cool. Stuff's about to go down. Yeah. And they're holding hands in a circle for 15 minutes. Actually, it was two minutes. It felt like 15. <laughs> yeah. Because I guess they they set it up when you knew. I felt like it was pretty obvious that they were going to time travel, which I'm always okay with obvious. Things don't need to swerve for the sake of swerving. But they kept showing them time traveling. And they're like, it's going to work. It's going to work. And then you get to a point where you're like, okay, so uh, is it going to work or not? And then it ends with like just this week to be continued. 
me personally, I didn't really know if it was going to end, like, on it to be continued. Like, from the get-go, I, I couldn't tell if it was, like, like what really was going to happen. Um, but by the time I got to the last episode, I, d- I definitely did think, like, oh, it's obviously going to end on a cliffhanger. It has to. Um, but I also... One thing that did confuse me about the end was the actual apocalypse happening. Like, when everything was starting to be set on fire... No one knew. To, no one noticed. Nobody oh, noticed. Like that's the one thing that like always happens in every like other apocalypse movie. Everyone always like turns and sees the fire or the tsunami or whatever movie it is. And you can feel it, it, I would imagine. It's yeah. the moon crashing into the earth. And also, you know, the entire city is on fire behind you. Well, and what's interesting too is like when Chacha goes up in flames, she doesn't even like. Wasn't she like on the phone? She's or on the phone. She doesn't even like flinch. Who was she talking to? By the way, she's on the phone. It's a payphone. Is there no technology? Did they, like, mess up, not the writers, but when Five keeps going back and forth, does he, like, mess up the advent of, like, cellular phones? Or it could be the technology that, like, um, with the technology that the handler sends them the their tasks. Okay. Like, through the vending machine and stuff like that. It could be technology related to that, like, not of this world. So, like, but that messes up the timeline, though, right? I don't right? think so, because they were always, so, at the uh, at commission, they were always so careful, like, don't mess anything up, and then, but if you do, just go back and do it again, like, fix it. Yeah. Like, they they didn't mess anything up, I think. But she's using a payphone. Like, there are no payphones. I think what it is is that they don't have cell phones. Like, I think that That's commission so... workers wouldn't have cell phones because you go back to, like, talk to Leonardo da Vinci, uh... you can't have a cell phone. Because like the, the Wi-Fi forbid back then, like forbid anything happens. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any service. Yeah, because <laughs> like a stupid chapel. <laughs> Come on, Michelangelo, can't you finish up quickly? <laughs> That's yeah. You know what? I never thought about it like that. That actually kind of explains it in a way yeah. that I could I can process that. I'm okay with that. The pneumatic tubes that just appear out of nowhere. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How? It, I guess magic. Yeah, magic. yeah. Like they are physical things, right? Mm-hmm. And they just show up in like toilet bowls and. <gasps> Like showers. sinks and showers. Vending machines and... And I guess, do they just holes. disappear? Can they show up anywhere? I think. And um, if they can show up anywhere, can anyone else see them then? I think that it's almost like the... Uh, I forget what it's called, but in like the movie like National Treasure, there's this whole thing with the, like, the stonemasons or the freemasons, whatever they were. Yes, freemasons. Freemasons. Um, about how there were actually these clues everywhere, but you need to know other stuff in order to put the clues together. There were clues like hiding in plain sight. Otherwise, there'd be nothing. Yeah, I think it's something like that, kind of comparable to that, where it's like, they're everywhere, but you need to know where to look for them. And like- Makes sense. They wouldn't send something if like a person from commission isn't at that station. Okay. They would because like so you wouldn't just hear like a boom and yeah. then, like you're just like what was that? Like I mean, it I, came from the wall. Why is the why is there why are there notes in my shower telling me to <laughs> exterminate someone? <laughs> okay. Um, Jenkins. Okay, so the Earth is ending. Nobody's flinching. I'm flinching as I'm watching it because I'm just thinking. Okay, give me give me an answer that creates more questions. Those are the kind of cliffhangers I like. Answer questions that I want to know. And yeah, you see that they kind of turn younger again, so I get that. But I just felt like it's so wide open that there's really no room for a definitive yet question. That's where I don't like it. Theories? Ben. Moving forward? Ben. It's all about Ben? Uh, ben has always been 
another one great character because you know he's only been revealed when Klaus is around. But yeah, so he's been alive. No, well, maybe when they go back in time. Because you see him getting younger, and then everyone else acknowledges him like. They look at him and nod to him. They do. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, but it's not like sub. But <laughs> it's like sub, bro. So they're okay. So they're time traveling, and their dead brother comes back. Well, because they're younger they're, again. So. Oh, and I get that, but their reaction is just. Well, they're what's up? Because <laughs> well, maybe they expected it. Well, their memory changed. No, because no, five remembers everything, and when he travels through time, like. Well, then, so how easy is that going to be then to? How Vanya, that's weak. One episode, season's over. Hey, Vanya, remember that time where you blew stuff up and where the reason the apocalypse happened? No. Yeah, don't do that yeah, again. <sighs> no, if they remember, be like, don't, don't do that again. That was mean. But then if they don't have their memories, they're just going to do the same thing. Nothing's going to change. Yeah, they would just do the same. So, oh, five. I, I have a feeling. That, yeah, that's where, I'm, that's where I was about to go. Like, I think Five is going to have his memory, and I think maybe the first couple episodes are going to be him like trying to convince everyone. They're just going to be like, you're insane. What's wrong with you? Because five is going to look normal for them mm-hmm. because they're all the same age. They're all. Like, so there's maybe. nothing to look at him and trust. Yeah. Another cool thing I felt about Ben was he was one of the big parts about Klaus's recovery. His redemption yeah. story. Oh, his redemption yeah. story is really great. Um, I'm really happy. That, that whole scene of just like the endless torture to Klaus was bad, but then eventually when Ben started, like... Wait, which one was the endless torture to Klaus? When uh, Hazel and Cha-Cha caught him. Oh, that. Oh, and they had all of the people... Yeah, and there was, like, the old Russian grandma. uh, (laughs) They're all talking to him. The Russian grandma, the guy who got run over back and forth. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Why are you laughing? It wasn't supposed to be a funny scene, right? No. no. I guess I kind of found it. Just they were just like, and then I got run over again and again. Back and forth yeah. and back and forth. Also, what, what was that laugh? It's like a cartoon character. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a cartoon character. <laughs> um, but another thing is that event that leads to a uh, Hazel Cha Cha like kind of fighting, mm-hmm. like breaking up apart from each other as partners. Because Chacha thinks Hazel isn't in it anymore. Like, it just all goes down in flames, I guess. Was Five trying to kill JFK or shoot the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald? I think he was trying to kill JFK. Because um, I think the whole thing was... Because, like, if you listen, it's just a passing comment. But I think that, like, our timeline that we live in, in, like, the real world... That's everything that's supposed to happen because if you listen, the handler makes like a passing comment during that um, scene. No, 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 no. Back when Five like just goes back to commission, she's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, you have to go back to Germany or whatever because uh, Gutenberg is having second thoughts about the printing press." So oh. I think that they keep everything the same. And the thing with the um, I forget what it's called, but the Zeppelin that crashed. Yeah, where uh, it doesn't crash. Uh, Sabotaging right? Zeppelin. So are they, because you hear the gunshot right when he goes into, or changes time. Yeah. So the gunshot is the actual assassination. I didn't know if they were trying to do like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge type of thing to the whole like second gunman or like the, like where, like the conspiracy surrounding JFK, JFK's death. So where does season two go? Aside from obviously Ben trying to 
or five trying to talk everybody to understanding what Vanya does. Does how does Vanya does Vanya buy in? Does Vanya become a full villain? I think. Or the uh, there are forty three kids, right? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I was. I, I was thinking about that. You've only got seven beginning. of them, and in the beginning, they is okay. Maybe we we start this and go this way. And is Reginald an alien? Because I've seen some theories that talk about Reginald being an alien. Because they show a scene where they show things launching, and he's talking to the woman in bed. And the theory is that Reginald is a dying race that is leaving their planet. Right, and he like releases the thing. That's in those the beginning little, of the last he, episode. Yeah, and he releases those like little firefly things, and that the theory might be that they are the forty-three. Yeah, what was that scene? Yeah, because it, it seems so disconnected that with no purpose or no even a glimmer of an answer, it just seems like one of those things that you're either supposed to forget or that's supposed to have unbelievable importance moving forward. I mean, when I first watched it, I didn't really give that much thought to it. I thought maybe it was just supposed to humanize him. That's what I thought, too. To show that, like, oh, he's caring for he someone. He does have feelings. Yeah. Like, his wife died, and that's why he's so apathetic now. Right. And But then, as I started reading up on some stuff, I thought, like, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Because then the next scene you see, I believe they immediately cut to him in, like, 1920s New York. Yeah, him, like, I'm going to buy this umbrella yeah. factory. And he's poor. Because he's on third class. And then it's like, bam, he's a billionaire. Yeah, and my question is, he may not be an alien. Is he an immortal? Because from, from like, the time period that it looked like when he first, like, uh, he got doesn't look like he's to, aged. He didn't look like he's aged. And also, it looked like it was, I don't even think 1920s. Like, maybe 1800s. Yeah. Like, 1800s New York. But also, like, he died. And, like, we know that he died because we see Klaus talking to him. Well, no, but they, he died at the beginning of the show. Remember? Like, yeah. From uh, poisoning. Yeah, but he no, died he, at the beginning he, of the show. That yeah. And the beginning of the show takes place in modern times. Yeah, so that's so a why long would he be? That's over lifespan. 100 years. Yeah, or at least close to it. Yeah. So I guess with... And it's with, not even like he was born back then. He was already like an, an adult. An adult, he yeah. Was like 30. He had a wife, and then the wife died. So he must like at least be like maybe even 50s at that point. Yeah. And then he didn't age. So he might, he, is he an immortal? Well, in the comic, I read that he's supposed to be an alien. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and sure. that, they, that they're, they're, they might be giving hints towards going down that route for the second season, or they could easily just kind of abandon it and not have to really explain much behind it. But that's supposed to be the, the origin for the, the monocle. What was? That, like, he, if he opens it, like, he's got, like, uh... his powers in there. Oh. Which is why you always, that's why they, they kind of allude to it where they say like, oh, oh dad always yeah, had on it, yeah, the monocle being but, so important. But he takes it off though. He takes it off at one point because when, when he's training Vanya in the beginning, she cracks the uh, monocle and then he takes it off because then yeah. he starts bleeding because the eye, because the glass. Vanya does that, like cracks it. That's when he finally realizes like, she's too dangerous. So maybe if it happened at a more serious level to the monocle, something bad would happen. Because the monocle is the source of... Sorcery of some sort. But she okay. doesn't know that, though. No, yeah, but, the, but I think the fact like, that it happened is what makes him go, oh, like, she cannot be trusted then because she destroyed this all-powerful monocle. That, that could be a thing. Like, what's the reason for the rankings? And I don't mean, like, for the numbers. And I don't mean, like, um, you know, like, well, Luther's the most powerful, so he's one and Vanya is, like, seven. I mean, like, why did Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba give them those numbers? Is there any, like, symbolic symbolism? Like, is there anything about the number five that, like, 
has anything to do with is so maybe because like a clock goes by fives and like the whole like time travel thing. Is oh, that, wow! I never saw that. That's I, awesome. I just thought about that now. Maybe I kind of saw it as more of just like you said, he's apathetic and just numbering them. Why doesn't five have a name? Like the only explanation I can come up with is I think maybe they got their names after he already like disappeared through time. Yeah, because Grace named them. Yeah, after a while, they eventually were like, "Hey, let's like let's name them." He had gone. He's gone already. I think at that point. Well, Aiden Gallagher on his Twitter. I don't know if like it was like him like the directors told him or this was just his personal theory about the character. But he did say that um, that five was always more mature than the other kids, and like he he knew that Reginald was only using them, like he didn't love them. Okay. He was only just using them for like their powers, and so he kind of didn't see a purpose in the name, and he wasn't gonna give into like that fake love. That, that like, their names were yeah. a product of fake love. That's okay. Yeah, I could buy that. His girlfriend is a mannequin named Dolores, which sounds quite similar to the DeLorean <laughs> yeah. from oh. Back to the Future. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for being a part of episode 9 of the Monarch Experience. Eleni, Victoria, Harry, you guys are fantastic. Love the depth of knowledge that you guys are bringing to this show. I definitely learned a lot more about the show in general getting to chat with you guys. Moving forward, obviously you know where to find all our episodes. We're on anchor.fm, but you can download us any place that you enjoy listening to your podcast, whether it's Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. If you're listening to us on iTunes, don't forget to subscribe so that you, you don't miss a single episode and get it right on your device if you're choosing. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating. That helps us so much more than anything else. And if you're looking to stay connected with us so you can experience everything, behind-the-scenes footage, uh, really cool promotion things. We're giving out free money with a lot of these. Uh, make sure that you follow us at on Twitter at The Monarch Experience. Make sure that you add us on Snapchat at The Monarch Experience Podcast. See ya! <laughs>